Hi, Tom D'Antoni at Catfish Blues, 2460 Northwest 24th for the 199th OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. Next time, our national editor, Art Levine, will be here for number 200. Back in Portland for some gigs is Naomi Sparrow, who with Rob Stroop make up Moody Little Sister. They were fixtures on the Portland scene until a couple of years ago when they moved their recording studio and their lives to New Mexico. It figures in their new album, Great Big Mama Sunshine. We'll hear the title track when we get finished talking. This week they're appearing at Al's Den for a residency. Let's find out how New Mexico is agreeing with her. Naomi, welcome to Catfish Lou's. All right. Glad to have you here. <laughs> welcome back to Portland. Thank you. It's going to be in the 90s today, so you must feel at home. I'm, I'm super happy. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for a hammock. <laughs> How long have you been gone? Two years, Two in, the, years. in the fall. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and Portland's different. There's there's moments yes. where I'm driving down a street. I've been in 100 times, and I don't know where I'm at all of a sudden. Right. So. <laughs> right. It's not a good thing. <laughs> it's a new place every time we come back. Yeah. It's, it, it, are you glad you left? I, I am actually for a lot of more reasons than just the change in Portland. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, New Mexico is, I believe, where my soul was born, and oh. I finally found my home. So, do you really live in truth or consequences? New I Mexico? live in truth or consequences, <laughs> New Mexico. It's a real place. It's really funny when you're doing any kind of online business, yeah. And you're and they ask you for your hometown, and you have to like set it up. It's going to be three words, <laughs> and the, no, those words are truth or consequences. And then it's always a twenty minute conversation. <laughs> Have you ever seen the show? I have not seen the show. You never show. saw it? No, but we have an amazing museum in our hometown that has right. some of the pictures from the shows and <laughs> stuff. And one of my favorite pictures is a woman in a blindfold holding onto the tail of a real tiger that they've put through a <laughs> hole in the wall. And she doesn't know what she's touching and she's trying to guess. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Anything went. That in was the a 50s. consequence. That was not Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing it when I was a, a little kid. Yeah. It was big. Yeah. It was a big deal. And Bob Barker eventually was yes. the, the host, but Ralph Edwards is the guy that like made everything uh, happen in is our there town. Is a statue of him? There should be. We have a park named after <laughs> <Is> him. <that right>? <laughs> <laughs> I think who's actually going to end up with a statue is the two people that opened the brewery in oh. our hometown. Uh-huh. Um, they opened it almost exactly the week we rolled in was the opening week of the new new brewery uh-huh. the only brewery in the entire town <laughs> and i think those two people will have a bronze statue in the town because it's completely changed our town <laughs> i remember ralph edwards he had a show called this is your life you know someone which told was me about humiliating that. to people because he would he would have bring big celebrities on and then like it would tell the story of their life and he would bring in people they hadn't seen for 40 years and, oh my god and yeah. you don't know no, I don't want to go on that show. No, I mean, and there's yeah. a reason I left Alaska and went 3,000 miles away. <laughs> I mean, here's your first wife. No! Oh, God, no. Well, then Facebook's starting to be like that, right? You can't hide oh, yeah. from all the people you tried to get away right, from. Right. Like, you get these emails from people in high school. They're like, hey, and I'm like, wait, I remember you. You picked on me. Get out of my life. I'm not going to be your friend. Give me a break. That's <laughs> So why did you leave? You now, know, it, it, it's all wrapped up in this first song, isn't it? On the, on yeah, the right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't have a plan, if that makes sense. We didn't set out with a intention mm-hmm. to move to the desert. 
But we had this great opportunity where someone invited us on an eight-day rafting trip through the heart of the Grand Canyon, Mm -hmm. all expenses paid, if we would be the musical accompaniment to that journey. Ah. And when something like that comes into your life, you say yes, Uh you figure it out. At the time, I was touring playing the piano. Really? So I got real busy learning how to play the guitar because <laughs> you can't very well float down a raft and play the piano yeah, right. at the same time unless you got a, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of started a love affair with two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the desert and I fell in love with playing the guitar on that trip. Mm-hmm. And hearing my voice echo off of the canyon walls and being in natural amphitheaters and slot canyons and playing on giant rocks in this canyon to, you know, 20 some odd people, that was the best stage of my life. I don't need to wow. play Carnegie Hall forever and ever. The Grand <laughs> Canyon will be the best stage uh-huh. I've ever played. Uh-huh. But I just needed the desert and I didn't realize it until uh-huh. I had been in that canyon, been in the heat. My body felt so good. My my conscious was just more positive and Uh I felt myself walking around in that canyon like a different person. Wow. And so when we came back to Portland that winter, I told Rob, I said, we have to figure out how to tour the desert. Uh I'd also had a buddy, um, that I made when I first moved here who died of cancer. And he told me before he died to take his ashes to the desert. Wow. And so it was kind of this culmination. Not only did we get to be in the Grand Canyon, graft mm-hmm. it, play music in there, but I got to put my buddy's ashes in the desert and wow. kind of fulfill my commitment to him. Uh-huh. And I think he knew before I did that I needed the desert. Wow. And so I actually had a dream that followed me home. Three nights in a row I woke up, and I woke up walking through my house, and my entire house was made of red rock canyon walls. And it, it just slowly disappeared by the time I would get to the kitchen. It would just go away. And so I told Rob, I said, I think the canyon followed me home, and it wants me to come back. Uh. So we had no connections to the to the southwest at all. No friends, no family members, no anybody that we knew of. But somebody had handed us this book on a farm we had played two years ago that was written by a person who lives in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. <laughs> And my and Rob said, you know, I read this book and this lady lives in New Mexico. Maybe we should reach out to her and, you know, see if she'll book a show. And, and you know, as a, as a musician, how randomly like a far fetched that is. I'm going right. to reach out to an author that I don't know right. and see if they'll book a show for us. <laughs> right. And so I kind of laughed at Rob. I was like, yeah, go for it. Uh-huh. Like, see what happens. <laughs> she got back to him in two days. She used to be a concert promoter in New York. She just happens to live in Truth or Consequences now. So she put a show on for us, and that's Mm -hmm. how we started this love affair with the desert. Um, I call it the unsuccessful tour because we said we were going to start touring the desert. We only toured the desert once, and within a year of the day we rolled into Truth or Consequences for the first time, we were rolling back into that town with a moving van. Wow. (laughs) So it just sucked us in, you know. And um, like I said, we didn't have any plans, but when we went to that town, we just had... We, even before we rolled in, right as we were taking the exit, Rob said, I have a feeling we're going to like this place. Huh. And it was kind of like that. We drove out of the town the, the next day, and the first words out of my mouth were, I want in on that place. Huh. You know, I want in on that place. And uh-huh. we got to figure out how to get back in in that place and huh. be there more often. Yeah. So it just it just left a deep impression and wouldn't let us go. And now that I've lived there almost two years, I see it happen. I've worked art galleries and I've worked little hot springs motels and I see people come through and some people can't wait to get out. They're like, there's nothing to do here. But then some people, you can see it. They're like, are you kidding me? This place, (laughs) 
And I'm like, you see it, don't you? <laughs> you so it's not for everybody. Yeah. But the people that do get the vibe of the place, they get they fall in love with it really fast. And it, we're one of, I think, seven duos that have moved there in the past three years, wow. musical duos, that have had the same experience. They've come through and then they hope, can't leave. I hope they all haven't built studios <laughs> um no no there's only two recording studios in yeah. the town yeah um but um and we we made this was our first project that we made in our in our studio it was a big deal for rob he uh-huh. packed up his studio of 15 plus years yeah. in portland and moved it all to you know a town that's two hours from anywhere yeah and, and he had um, a real career here yes he did yeah and made some incredible records worked with some incredible people um, but we both went in on a house together and that, uh-huh. that the first year, all he did was fix up the Adobe 1930s side of the house uh-huh. to make into a recording studio. Wow. So we pressed record and recorded that album and then we've recorded two other artists since. Who? Oh. Um, John Michael's son, who uh-huh. lost his house in the Paradise Fires. Oh, wow. And has written some incredibly moving pieces about climate change and about that experience, living through that experience. Mm-hmm. And then I produced my first artist, Amber Lee, mm-hmm. and she came down for the 10-day immersion experience where we have artists come live in our camper in the backyard. Mm-hmm. We make them food. We put them on a hot spring soaking pass, mm-hmm. and they completely submerge in the artistic experience, get some sunshine, and finish the record in a 10-day span. Uh. Now, I, I, she, she, I, when I stopped by Al's Den the other night, she was there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Is, yep. she, is she a Portlander? She's from Salem. Salem, okay. Yeah, Same but thing. she's she's an incredible <laughs> vocalist, and mm-hmm. she wrote, those are her first song, five songs she's written originally. Wow. Huh. And so we made her a five-song EP, and wow. she just um, took her brave journey. You know, she's a single mom with two kids, brought the two kids all the way to the desert, wow. and made her first record and just nailed it i'll make sure to give you a copy of that record as well because it it turned out an incredibly strong piece Uh but i have a real heart for first-time artists Uh you know i got in my truck and drove three thousand miles to portland 10 years ago and i didn't know anything three thousand miles from where alaska alaska okay yeah i didn't know anything about the music industry don't don't think that alaska is, is, is just as far away as the east coast (laughs) yeah it is it's very far it's a very far journey and it's a it's a treacherous highway frankly really yeah i mean there's some real spans there where you can get yourself in trouble if you haven't planned well so there's you know miles miles and miles of road where you've i've done it before i've broke down on the side of the road ran out of gas Mm -hmm. because you don't have a gas can in the right stretch had had you been you you had had you been here before i had been here to visit and um i met rob because a Portland artist actually came to Alaska huh. and I listened to their record when I mm-hmm. flipped it over Rob Stroop's name was on the back as the producer mm-hmm. and so I flew down here to check out his studio huh. and decided that was the guy I wanted to work with to make my very first solo record so that's huh. how we met all those years ago how did you know that <laughs> well I had been listening to people's work and I'd seen them live and there was always this disconnect there was like either a great performance live and then their record would just be so much less than what I experienced. Mm. Or their record would be amazing, and then I would go see them live, and they were just not what their yeah. record was. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the records that I felt like Rob was making were were like a Polaroid picture 
a snapshot of what that that artist really was. He has this gift and still does where he gets inside of people's songs and inside of their art and he produces from inside of what they're writing hmm. instead of putting this, you know, blanket thing over the top of them or this mm-hmm. style over the top of them. He really makes a unique record for each person. And as a brand new artist, knowing that I didn't have any legs to stand on and that my record wasn't going to be like some important thing he was working with, you mm-hmm. know, seeing him work dedicatedly and passionately on my project really gave me a deep respect for his work that, mm-hmm. that I'll always have for him because mm-hmm. I've seen him do that with every artist he's worked with. Mm. So, so the, the, the duo is called Moody Little Sister. It is called Moody but Little no, Sister. You're the, Moody, you're the Moody Little Sister? Yeah, and sometimes they think we're brother and sister, which is funny. <laughs> um, you know, I guess we could start some rumors. But, um, you know, we came up with a band name that we thought people would remember. And yeah. at the time, we actually yeah. had a manager come into our life for just mm-hmm. a short while. And that was really encouraged, you know, come up with a band name. And it was, it was annoying. We were like Naomi and Rob and we Mm -hmm. both had these like, you know, names that aren't easy to remember. And so we named our, named our band so people would remember it, but we need to come up with some kind of story that includes a bar fight and a tattoo or something so that people (laughs) think it's got a really good story because it doesn't. But um, there was another Portland band uh, named Dahlia. Mm. And uh, their lead singer was a woman named Jennifer Folker, who just moved back into town, by the way, everybody. All right. Uh, and, um, uh, and they were hugely popular. And but everybody thought she was Dahlia. <laughs> they started calling her that all over the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of words people call powerful women, you know. And, you know, Moody's definitely one of them. And when you're, a, <laughs> when you're a, a little girl who knows yourself and walks around with your own sense of yourself, you know, you get labeled a lot of things. Uh-huh. And so that's part of what that came from is that, <laughs> you know, those are some of those labels that you just start owning a little bit more, uh-huh. you know. And now that I live in the des- desert and I realize that my spirit animal is a cactus, you know, it makes even more <laughs> sense. So <laughs> A cactus isn't an animal. <laughs> Neither is an Italian grandmother, but that's my other spirit animal. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, 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 I had one of those. I had one of those. She was wonderful. I couldn't understand anything she ever said. Oh, my gosh. Not a word. It was okay. Yeah. You know what love is, though. It yeah. doesn't need language. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> um, and the, the album is called, uh, this, this just, just came out, right? Just came out. It's not available anywhere but live shows right now. Wow. Yeah, it's not online. And, yeah. and you're going to be at Al's Den the rest of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Tonight's Jeremy Wilson. And, really? Um, we have Anna Christie, and we have Skybound Blue, and the Res Electrics, and uh-huh. Stand and Sway, which is Beth Wood's uh-huh. new project with Ara Lee. Um, so it's a it's been already just an amazing week. We love the Owlsden residency. It's so fun. Yeah, we get to reconnect with Portland artists that yeah. we love and spend yeah. time with people on stage and yeah, and everyone gets their their night of the week. You know, uh-huh. so it's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So uh, I see the album is dedicated to Tim Ellis and Lisa Lapine. Yes, now, I knew Tim. Okay, but Lisa was one of my best friends in the world. Was she really? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lisa saw something with Rob and I when we first started playing music together and she would talk about like she would always say I wonder where this is going to go I wonder what this culmination is going to become and she had a real belief in us when we were still really trying to figure ourselves out and Rob really feels like this is the record she saw before before she was here to see it but I don't know about you but Rob and I both feel like she's still here she's still walking around doing her her connecting and um she seems very close by still to us i could use some stories (laughs) (laughs) 
there was a, there was a time when I was uh, doing the Oregon Art Beat show when uh, uh, almost everything I did had some some connection to Lisa Lapine. Sure, you know, sure. and um, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was well, geez, it's been almost three years coming up. I know it's wild. Just, in just a few weeks. Yeah, I I had been. Um, uh, I had we, we we have a booth at the uh, Oregon Music News has a booth at the Blues Festival. Okay, and and, and it's it's a gru- it's a grueling four days down there. Sure, you know? <laughs> uh, and um, and I got I, and I was exhausted and I came home and I got the phone call saying mm. you better come to the hospital. Wow! And uh, next day she was gone. Oh my gosh! So you did get at least to say goodbye. Yeah. Good. So yeah. many of yeah. so many of us didn't. I know. I know. But anyway, and then Tim Ellis. I know that was a real hard blow on Rob. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Well, and on yeah. so much of the community. Yeah. I mean, he was such yeah. a larger than life presence, That's you know. For sure. And and I think that it's easy to feel like when people are larger than life that they're just, you know, they're untouchable mm-hmm. in some ways. And these were two such significant people in Portland mm-hmm. um to be, you know, taken from us in in a short span from each other, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um but like I said, I still feel like their work continues mm-hmm. and something about Lisa's energy I I think will always be glittery and sparkly all around this city. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just different moments. Even I was at the uh, the Saturday market, and I was like, I mm-hmm. feel like she's here somewhere. I just I couldn't <laughs> shake it. You know, I couldn't yeah. shake that she was yeah. probably dancing to the music with a crazy hat on somewhere yeah, close yeah. by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Every once in a while, uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll see a Facebook reminder from the past. Yes. From her. Yeah. You know, I love those. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it, the the album is called. Uh, great big mama sunshine that's, mm-hmm. that's about that first song that's about are you are you the great big mama sunshine no i'm i'm that's my love story to the sun okay you know okay. i um born and raised alaskan kid you know i was cold all the time and mm-hmm. and just that that landscape is very intense and i lived in the the um, south central part of alaska as a kid and then i moved to Juneau mm-hmm. um for the last eight years that i lived in alaska and i lived on a boat and I pulled crab and shrimp and halibut and salmon and did all those things. But I, the the weather was so intense, especially in southeast Alaska. One year I was so down, I decided something's wrong with me. I'm, but I'm going to keep track of how many sunny days we have in a year. Like sunshine comes out for the day. There was 10. <laughs> 10 sunny days in a year. Jeez. And... Um, so when I, I moved to Oregon, Portland was an improvement. Well, I did. Yeah. I moved to Oregon, and, and I was like, "You call this rain? This is not rain." So I was good here for a couple of years because yeah. it was such an improvement. But yeah. then the winters really did start getting yeah. to yeah. me, and I have seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. And I would tell myself every year, you know, this is the year I'm going to make myself do it. I'll put my rain clothes on, and I'll walk the dog, and I'll stay healthy. And nope, it'd be Netflix and yes. casseroles <laughs> and lots of old versions of Star Trek, yeah. and you know. And I just couldn't get myself um, to that place mentally. And so living in the sunshine, I feel like, was this transformation that I did not know I needed. Mm -hmm. I... Both of us have completely transformed living with sunshine. I mean, we both... Rob lost 40 pounds. I lost 30 pounds. And not even on purpose. Just you're more active. Mm -hmm. You spend time outside. You go hiking all year round. You know, we have a fixer-upper. So we're working Mm -hmm. on projects all the time. Uh And it's just had this incredible effect on our music. 
And so these are songs I've wanted to write. You know, I can remember mm-hmm. my mom telling me as a teenager, like, why don't you write something happy? And it's like, because I don't feel happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. Yeah. Like that, really. <laughs> and you can't just muster happy if you're not happy. Right. And so come to find out. Unless I have, you're getting paid a lot of money. Unless, <laughs> you can fake it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do. I have this joy. I have this mm-hmm. joy in me that I didn't know I had until wow. I moved. And so I'm really passionate about telling people if, if you're in the wrong spot and you're not happy where you're living, please move. Because there may be this other human being waiting to emerge inside of you that you don't even know is there. So it's been a, a huge revelation, and um, there's there's just parts of me that I didn't know I even had in me. So yeah. it's been a very, very important move and yeah. um, a significant change all around mm-hmm. between Rob and I's music and the way we write and the way we um, carry ourselves through the world. Yeah. So I moved uh, from the East Coast 22 years ago, and... At that time, the climate was different here. Sure, yeah. Because, you know, October, here come the clouds, and they're going to stick around for yeah. three or four months. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that anymore. Right, But yeah. um, I, I remember the first winter I was here, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I drove to De- down to Detroit in, in Oregon to go up on, on a mountain. Yes. Yeah. So I could feel sunshine. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had to I got sent to Vancouver, B.C. to do a story and I, I and it was it was sunny there. And I just stood on the street corner and looked up. <laughs> People must have thought I was nuts, but I just wanted to feel some sunshine on my face. Well, the yeah. last winter we had here in, in Portland, it was a pretty bad one. It was we had one of those. Uh, triple fronts where the fronts just came in yes. back to back and yes. they didn't give us the break yeah. and we had a little peak in the clouds where we were on a hike and I was on the side of a of a hiking trail and I did the same thing I yeah. sat in the sun and I, you know when you close your eyes and your eyelids turn red right and I was like, I was like shoulder weeping. I was like, no, so I, like, and I realized this is not normal. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm made for this place. You know, I need to, I need so, to be in the sun. So what were your two, the two of you, what were your roles in making this, this album? Well, it's completely self-produced, which was a big deal for us because, you know, uh, Rob really feels like self-producing is like doing your own dental work is what he says. Um, <laughs> he really prefers not to do it that way because you're uh-huh. so close to the music when you write it. Yeah. You know, but um, but we wanted to really like we were actually thinking this would be kind of a simple record and we just kind of do it stripped down. And then the songs just demanded so much more than that. Um, So we both um, produced and co-produced and played most of the instrumentation on there. And Mm -hmm. then we did have some friends that came through town to play some live shows and we snagged them. (laughs) And then we also snagged some people from our hometown to sing on some of the, you know, the big choir tracks. Mm -hmm. And so um, we just, you know, kind of had fun doing it, but then also like had to be creative, too, because we didn't have the Rolodex that Rob is used to having. We didn't have the people that are, you know, four blocks away that can come late. Call up track. Rachel Taylor Brown to come in and, and sing right. the perfect part. That's right. Yes. <laughs> the cool thing is we did get um, uh, on our the other record I made with Amber Lee. We were able to do some tracks. Um, what do you call it? Like cyber, oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah, we yeah. we uh-huh. got Paul Brainerd to you yes. know send us some tracks, and right. you know, so we're experimenting with that idea now that uh-huh. now that it's the future. Um, Was it horn tracks? <laughs> um, he did some uh, lap steel tracks oh, yeah. on, okay. on okay. Amber Lee's yeah, record, yeah, yeah. but we did all the recording in our little our little home studio on uh-huh. this record, and then Rob mixed the record as well. Uh-huh. Um, but we co-wrote three different tunes on the record. 
um, mo- and Rob is like my um, he he like takes it to the finish line. You know, so if I start a song, like, and he'll come in and we'll take it to the finish line. And then he's mm-hmm. always been a master at arranging music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we both, you know, had to come up with how we want these tracks to be become. Yeah. You know, yeah. what we want them to be. And they just all kind of called for big, big sounds, uh-huh. you know. And so now mm-hmm. we're a duo trying to... Uh, two are these big songs, you know, and so it's making us realize we need to probably be a trio and, and, mm. and do some more band shows because they're just, they're starting what, to be that kind of... What instruments would you add? Um, bass, mm-hmm. you know, when we play with a bass player, um, we've been playing with Bob Dunham and, you know, he's on every record I've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a master at everything he does and he he does most of the guitar tracks on here and then he's also done bass on quite a bit of them and when we tour with him as a trio I just I feel like I shoot lightning bolts out of my eyeballs <laughs> I just feel like the energy is just yeah. so much better with the bass um, and some of some of our bigger shows we're doing like the Selwood Park show on the 8th of July mm-hmm. we'll have a full band and um, we'll have backup singers and you know mm-hmm. we'll pull out all the stops mm-hmm. so we can really make those songs come alive yeah so, great yeah great. awesome Someone gave pe- me advice one time to write for your dream band. Don't write for the band you're in, <laughs> yeah. right? Because maybe the band yeah. you're in is just a duo. Right. They said write for your dream band. You know, dream mm-hmm. up those background vocals and you know, dream up what that that stage would look like if you had your dream band. So I still do that. I still write songs as though I had no limitations on how I wanted them performed. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Paul Brainerd. Yeah, I right. heard him. I heard him with David Vest one time. <laughs> Playing Thelonious Monk <laughs> on the lap steam, I swear. <laughs> well, and don't miss the Fun Machine shows. Oh no, I, that's I, insane. I, I, I've been there. The, 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 um, Gracie Spoon on 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 Foster. Matter of fact, I I I, I read some stuff of mine uh, during one of those shows. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> For people who don't know, that Fun Machine is like a vintage like crazy organ thing kind that, of right yes. like it has like all kinds it's, of it's little a, sounds it, it, and it's stuff an inst- it's an instrument but it's a toy yes yeah <laughs> and he he does a christmas show with it yeah, and all yeah, kinds yeah. Of stuff. <laughs> he's one of a kind that guy he really and those horn arrangements are unbelievable yes absolutely yeah. he can do anything yeah yep <laughs> so how many pieces will you have at, at your at your your big show here while you're in town um uh, at the Selwood one, yeah, uh, looks. I think we'll have a bass player, extra guitar player, two backup singers. Wow. Uh, Rob's actually going to jump on the drums. Really, that's his first instrument. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he'll jump on the drums, and and he played a lot of the drum tracks on the record uh-huh. as well. Rob, you know, he that's another thing he does in the studio setting is he wears so many hats. So you end mm-hmm. up with a multi-instrumentalist, an engineer, and a producer when you record uh-huh. with Rob. So um, that comes in handy when you're self-producing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can was, throw him on the bass, throw him on the drum, throw him on the guitar, throw him on the organ, and you can do all of it. <laughs> was the piano your first instrument? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I started on piano and um, toured with a piano and drove down here with a piano. Wow. It, it makes for, uh, you know, really annoying touring because it's so <laughs> freaking heavy. Yeah. Um, so when I started playing the guitar, the first time we played a house show and we walked in with no sound system, two acoustic guitars and played a house show I was like alright I'm sold I gotta figure this out <laughs> and my fans have had to be patient with me because they fell in love with the piano and the piano tunes yeah. and then I kind of you know discarded the piano and was determined to learn the guitar I'm still 
determined to be a good guitar player. Yeah. I feel like I'm finally able to play the guitar without thinking about it after uh-huh. three years. Wow. But it, you know, it was a rough go. You know, it's it's a rough thing to just abruptly like take up yeah. a new instrument in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I'm just like that. I'm a little hard headed. You think you'll so. come back to the piano? Um, yeah, we actually moved our baby grand all the way to New Mexico. Wow. Um, and so it was nice. It sat on its side um, underneath a tarp for almost a year and a half while we were remodeling. That's so sad. I know. And we finally <laughs> flipped it over. And, and absolutely, some songs are coming again. On the what piano. was it like for you to sit, to sit down at that piano again? And play it felt for the good. First time. It yeah. felt good. It's an old friend, you know, but it's yeah. also been kind of. Um, it's kind of like that old friend that still remembers who you used to be uh-huh. and you're trying to be somebody new. You know what I mean? And um, so I needed some space. I needed some space from the piano because I'm, I've changed so much as a person that uh-huh. I need to take on the keys in a really different way. And I've just been such a brooding piano player and really? a brooding artist for so long. that. Ah. Um, and I've always felt like trying to write upbeat tunes on the piano sounds uh-huh. like a bear on a tricycle at a circus. It just never <laughs> carries it the same way that a guitar yeah. does there's just yeah. certain things that guitar can do and there's certain things a piano can do yeah. and the twain don't you know um mm-hmm. they're not able to do each other you know mm-hmm. so but i i dream of a show where when there's a grand piano on stage i will absolutely take it and mm-hmm. we have a great night but i do not want to tour with a piano <laughs> i think it's literally the difference between rob and i being able to tour together and get along and, you know <laughs> so if we can just leave the piano out of it it's okay because we already have i think 1500 pounds of gear wow. that we haul in every night so you haul it in haul it out mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. that you do a show mm-hmm. you know so it's it's a lot it's a good thing you're not a b3 player i know right oh my god <laughs> which would that would be amazing to yeah. tour with yeah. but you know that's for when we have roadies so <laughs> So do you do you remember what you when you first uh, when you first turned that old piano back on its uh, on its on its feet? Remember what you played? Yes, there's a song that we tried to put on our last record, Wild Places, called "I Give You My Love," uh-huh. and it it just didn't make the cut along with a couple other uh, songs. And I've completely rewritten that song. Mm-hmm. And we I actually called um, we there's another duo in our town named Flagship Romance, uh-huh. and they're they're just an amazing um, duo that also do, just tours all over the place. They live seven blocks from us. And so I, I called them and said, can you come co-write this song with me? Uh-huh. And that's the first time I've ever co-written with anyone besides Rob. Wow. And so the two of them and the two of us sat in the living room and we co-wrote this like new new version of that song together. Huh. So I'm looking forward to recording that with them when we get back in the fall. And, and I think more piano tunes will absolutely come uh-huh. for sure. Uh-huh. But this record just demanded, it demanded some, some rhythm. Yeah. You know, to yeah. go with the, the rhythm of my heartbeat, really, and how mm-hmm. I feel living in New Mexico. Uh-huh. It's a special space. And it's a lot like Alaska as uh-huh. far as the rugged individualism and the, uh-huh. you know, you kind of have to be a, a gritty person. And, and the communities are all ages. You know, you go to a party or a potluck and there's every age of person and every kind of person there. And it's very diverse and people learn to get along. And, and your conversations are about, like, fixing your fence or putting in your your pavers they're not about like you know sh- social media posts you know and so yeah. it reminds me a lot of living in alaska but just with much better weather <laughs> do you find the um the political divide to be to be um uh particularly awful like it is everywhere else there? You know, I don't feel it in our hometown as much. And I think that that's what small living does. I think when, you know, when you're all, um, 
you know, living here in Portland, that was really strange for me coming from Alaska where I knew my neighbors and, yeah. and, and my neighbors. I mean, we had acres in between each other. Mm-hmm. Right. But we still knew our neighbors. Um, and then I lived in Portland and I've even found myself not knowing the people that I could literally see right outside my window yeah. that were that close to me. Yeah. Um, and so there is a weird disconnect being all stuffed on top of each other in a city. I mm-hmm. think that we get so tired of each other. And so we just want to be away from each other, you know, because we're we're just always sharing spaces with other people. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a small town and you have your own space and you have your own, you don't have to stand in line at the DMV and you don't have to stand in line at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You actually want to be around people more often. Mm-hmm. And you see the value in leaving politics and religion out of your conversations. Mm. And especially our town, you cannot judge a book by its cover. You know, that guy walking in the door with a 10-gallon hat on and his dirty cowboy boots may be the most liberal guy you've ever met. Uh-huh. You know, and the person who's sharp-dressed and, you know, maybe a super uber-conservative person. Yeah. And, and those just, if you don't focus on that being what's important mm-hmm. and you talk about the things that we all share, you know, mm-hmm. our lives, our families, our experiences, it's amazing how many people you can get along with. So mm-hmm. our town is really incredible because we do have anywhere from hippies and healers Mm -hmm. and yoga teachers and cranial sacral people Mm -hmm. to cowboys and farmers and ranchers and rednecks and hillbillies and Mm -hmm. we all live in this town together and for the most part get along pretty damn well (laughs) (laughs) we had our very first pride parade in truth or consequences last june wow so we did have the religio crazos you know that came out across the street but there was like seven of them you know, and there's there's always seven of those people right. anywhere you right. go. You right. know, right. <laughs> but but no, I find that um, I'm friends with people there that I would not have seen myself being friends with, and I I love people there that that I'm surprised that I mm-hmm. you know have found connection and friendship with. So mm-hmm. that's why as I go around touring, I'm encouraging the world to lead with your love and your compassion mm-hmm. because you you might surprise yourself that. When we get all that out of the way, really, we're all just human beings sharing the planet together. And we could do a better job of it if we left a lot of those divisive conversations out of our conversations. And I think that people, most people are good. Most people want good. They just, they're believing something that's hyped up or Mm -hmm. they don't have enough information. And instead of being aggressive with it, we could be using these opportunities to Mm -hmm. make friends with people and have one-on-one conversations about, you know, about life and about love and encourage the good parts of us to come to the surface. But right now there's just such a, it's like a froth, you know, you get on Facebook and everyone's just ready just to, you know, go Mm -hmm. after each other. And, but I came from, a lot of um, fundamentalist, um, you know, influence. And, and I was one of those people with the signs on the side of the street. Mm. You know, I was one of those people at one point. Mm. You know, I was indoctrinated. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to call it brainwashed because that's basically yeah, right. the, you know, and I've been through a shit ton of therapy mm-hmm. to get out from underneath that mentality. Um, but if it, if it can happen to me and I, I can, you know, open my heart and I can be a different human being. I, I look like a totally different person 20 years later. I'm unrecognizable to that person that I wow. was. Wow. So why couldn't that happen to somebody? Why couldn't that happen to a skinhead or, a, you know, a Fred Phelps church member? It right. can. Right. It can. And we forget. We forget that love is that powerful, that it can truly change the human heart. 
So that's what we're out there doing with, with joy and with an upbeat album. We're trying to like um, encourage the good people of the world to stay, to stay bright. Because mm-hmm. um, if we all start going down the dark tunnel, then who's going to take us out? And as musicians, isn't that our job, right? To point us back to the light and point us back to the good things and bring joy and remind us of who we are. That's, that's our job. That's our job. And that is the perfect place to end this <laughs> thank you so much for coming in yeah thank we, you we'll, we, we will go out uh, on the on the title tune from um, a great big mama sunshine moody little sister thank you Naomi yeah thank nice you nice to for see having you again me. you too I haven't seen you since you, you guys played for our anniversary show years ago oh wow yeah that feels like a million yeah. years ago yeah, we, our 10th <laughs> anniversary is this year wow congrats so thank you for coming in I really appreciate it thank you Don't me.
chase her beauty and abandon and so am I But I know heaven does not hand you wings Until it's time for learning things like how to fly So I'll keep you in this heart of mine That maybe never can be satisfied But if I ever told you I was anybody else I'm sorry that I lied So I said 